Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, May 29th, 2021, and it is 3.14 UTC as we're starting to record, so it's pie! Pie time! I like to always point that out whenever that happens by coincidence. It's high time? High time? Pie, pie time. Although, although technically speaking, 3.14 would not in any way be related to pie because it's 14 sixtieths, not 14 one hundredths, not to mention what's going on with the seconds. Oh, and so, But, you know, it's 3.14. Yeah, Come yeah, on. Sorry. Give me a it's break. It's close enough. It's close enough. Good enough. Yeah. So, and now it's 3.15. So, you know, it's over. And, and if you guys can't tell, Sam, Sam sounds really, really tired. Well, look, you know, I, I, uh, first of all, agenda, 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 agenda. let's have the yes. agenda, um, and then we can talk about that. We're going to have this but first segment, because you guys said you love it, and Yvonne loves it, and I love it, too, <laughs> and we hadn't been doing it for a while. Um, you know, and so we'll do that, and we'll talk about whatever random stuff, uh, but our three main topics today, which we picked in advance, yet again, look at that planning from the curmudgeons. Uh, we're going to talk about infrastructure week again. Because, you know, the infrastructure bill is plodding along and there actually seem to be like real negotiations going on, which is kind of weird, but it's happening. So we'll talk about it. Uh, we will, of course, have our usual pandemic segment. And specifically this week, uh, the big things are there's renewed talk about did COVID escape from a lab? Um, and also all kinds of things in the U.S. are happening like. It's all over. Everything's opening up. We're we're done here. And so we'll talk about some of those things. Um, and then uh, finally, we'll talk about that Ryanair uh, thing that happened early in the week. So that's the plan. Um, but before that, Yvonne mentioned that I'm tired. And, you know, actually, you know, this is not new, particularly to this week. I've mentioned on the show before well, that... you haven't sounded it this bad. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you that it's more noticeable today. Okay. Well, l- let me tell you, th- th- there are a couple reasons for that. So first of all, I did mention to Yvonne, I had like five hours sleep last night. Um, uh, and also, I will add to that, that immediately before I sat down at the computer for this podcast, I had just taken a half hour nap and had set an alarm just to wake up for the podcast. And half an hour is just that right kind of time where... Your body can't, your body can get up. It's like, okay, but your body's also like, really? You let me lie down and go to sleep and you're making me get up this fast? You know? Well, let me tell you that usually my naps, that's all they last. And usually that's about, I I am refreshed after the 30 minute nap. Yeah. If I prolong, I Mm. I, I can, I have a very extreme. If you go longer, then you want to stay asleep yes, longer. But but it's not just that. It's just most of the time, um, I can't nap longer than 30 minutes. Mm. It, 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 I will just, after like half an hour, I will wake up and I can't keep going. It, it's, it's a very, sh- I always, you know, rest in like very short bursts when I'm tired like that. Yeah. You know, look. I, I had something to eat at seven o'clock. I had a lot to eat at say seven o'clock. I ate an entire large pizza myself. Oh my god! Um, or extra Jesus. large pizza. Actually, it was like an eighteen okay. inch pizza or something. Um, so I, I, yeah, so I, I, I had a lot 
and I was ready to digest a little bit. I got on the couch next to Alex where he was watching some show. Um, and I was like, I'm setting my alarm because I know if I don't, I will sleep right through the podcast. Um, and, and I ended up sleeping about half an hour before coming here. But, um, if I had not set that alarm, I probably would have slept straight through till midnight at least. Uh, probably woken up around then and, you know, decided I needed to go to the bathroom, get a drink, whatever. And then I'd be like, it's, it's after midnight, I'll go back to bed. And then I would have gone back to bed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so like, and why particularly did I only have five hours or less of sleep last night? Well, on the, there's two sides of it. One is my, I had something I had to get up for for work. Um, I didn't actually have a meeting at seven o'clock, but I had some stuff that I was waiting to get from some of the people I work with in India that was needed for somebody who needed it by like eight or nine a.m. So I wanted to check in with them to make sure that they'd sent what I expected uh -huh. overnight um, before they left for the day. So that if it wasn't quite what I wanted, I could go back and forth and say, you know, hey, no, not quite. Oh, let's change it. Okay. So I, I was getting up at 7 a.m. or so that I could just check in with them and make sure I, they got me what I needed. And by the way, they did. It was fine. Uh, but I needed to check, right? Um, so you're interacting a lot. So that's like the, I, the, I, I've, I've been like, you know, more recently, like across, you know, you've been doing that more often, it seems, lately. I yeah I I have I have conversations that are earlier in the day more often to make those time zones work. Right. Um seven that's it, usually like at 8 a.m. or sometimes even 9 because they they'll stay late on that side. Um but so 7 a.m. is unusual but it happens occasionally. But on the flip side of that, like 7 a.m. by itself wouldn't be that bad, but I was also up till 2 a.m. Yeah. Okay. I usually, I, 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 I understand that. I mean, it's, it's, it's tiring. You, you, you know, it's not a lot of sleep. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not spring chickens anymore. No. And, and like, I, I've mentioned on the show a couple of times, like my work has been like nutso since like March. Uh, and, and the worst month was not May. The worst month was April. In April, I had a couple weeks that were just completely nonstop. Like I, I had, you know, I had a week with, um, you know, more than one 20 hour work day. <laughs> and that is brutal. You know, I, I mean, I must admit that I, I, I don't have like, I, uh, well, that's not usual. I mean, sometimes I will say that, uh, I mean, the days may get that long, but sometimes because it involves like visiting customers or like travel or something like that. But, uh, and I guess some days have stretched out like that, but not recently, thank God. Um, yeah, no, and, and and by the way, this is this is incredibly unusual for me. This is like not like the norm. The, these last few months have been abnormal, and those like one or two weeks in April were really abnormal, where I was like really going flat out. And uh, it's a little bit slower now, and it's fine. And you know, and so like today, you know, it was not a. Uh, was not a, I'm going to have a 30 hour work day or anything like that. It was just, you know, um, I was stupid and stayed up till 2am doing one thing or another. Um, uh, like I, it, you know, 
And well, and, and even there, like work was involved, right? Like I actually was doing some work stuff right around midnight, but it was work stuff I could have done earlier in the day, but instead, after, you know, I carved out some time and did some stuff with Alex. And so I caught up with that stuff around midnight, but I was done with that, like by 1230, but it took me another hour and a half before I wound down and went to sleep even though I knew I was going to have to get up at seven. And so, you know, partially, you know, that's my own fault. You know, I could have, you know, arranged time differently and, you know, but, you know, I, I carve out the time to spend with Alex and then I do the thing. And then, I, and then, yeah, I can't like, sometimes I can just be like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to sleep. Click. But other times, you know, it takes me a little while to wind down. It depends what's going on and what I'm doing and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it hasn't been that bad, but Today, particularly, I'm tired. I'm like, you know, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I'd be like continuing that nap right now. Ah, uh, well, you know, uh, of course, you ate that that massive pizza, and and you know, and oh, oh yeah, I'm sure that didn't help. <laughs> that 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 probably didn't help. I I mean, that's enough to put you to sleep by itself. I mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, for, you know, I, I, I gotta say, I think pizza is more like that. But yesterday, I went out to lunch uh, with a couple of my coworkers, uh, uh, and uh, I, uh, we, we stopped at this Italian restaurant, okay, and I fully expected to order uh, pasta that they had been recommended. That it was like really good. The, the problem was with the, with the pasta menu is that there were a lot of seafood dishes. Okay. And I'm like, I can't, you know, I couldn't eat like 80% of most of the pasta dishes. Cause you're, you're allergic, right? Just to, to shellfish or whatever. Yes. Because I'm allergic. And so, yeah, to, to fish in general, just anything from sea. So now the, I don't, I don't eat, I don't eat the seafood based Italian food because I just don't like seafood. But yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm allergic to this stuff. This, this is just, it, it is what it is. My son's allergic to it too. He came out. So we're, we're, you know, this is inherited. So anyway, I go through the menu now. You know, so I I wanted like uh, I saw I thought well maybe I'll get a they maybe I'll get a steak because Italians do make a steak. Well, they had one steak. They had a twenty. Couldn't you just ask for the pasta dish without like the shrimp in it or whatever? Ah, the thing is that I saw this uh, uh, bone in twenty six inch ribeye on the menu. Ah, gotcha. So you saw something you wanted. And I'm like, you, you see, the thing is that if I would have seen a pasta dish that really grabbed me and I just, you know, could make a switch or something, I would have been like, whatever. But that grabbed my attention. I, I did eat that for lunch. I will say that the one surprising thing, I was not sleepy afterwards. I fully expected because I actually at first I thought, nah, I'm not going to finish this thing. But I had breakfast like very early, like at seven in the morning. It was like close to three. It was two o'clock in the afternoon. Well, But, but again, it's. The meat does that a little bit less than the heavy carb things. Yeah. So I, but I completely polished off that steak. You know, and, and, and look, I, I, I just, I just want to say like on, on, on like the big pizza thing, I have been generally speaking, trying to lower my carb load, but I will allow myself like one big, like carb splurge per week. And this was it. Well, I, I I went and let me just say I shared a picture just so you can see how big the steak was. I I, I put it on the random in our Slack. You can take a you can take a look. 
in, in the curmudgeon's corner slack, which you should all follow the instructions at the end of the show to join in the curmudgeon's corner slack. If I, any of you, I did share a, a picture so you could, I don't know if you can sneak a peek. That was a, that was a big ass steak. At, at, that, that I had for lunch. That, I mean, I am looking at this picture now. It is a large piece of meat. <laughs> it's a very large piece. Now, of meat. now the way you have arranged the picture, it looks like you had a really large plate of vegetables too. But I realize they're closer to the camera. No, no, no. But it was pretty. It was they were pretty substantially large as well. Okay, uh, I, I did. I did eat uh, the the whole thing. Uh, I, I I went through the whole thing. I didn't leave any. <laughs> I was quite hungry. I don't know. My appetite's been all over the place. I, I don't know what the hell. And and, and just, just, just to point out and connect to some of our other conversations, this was an in-person restaurant, mask off, etc. You as a fully vaccinated person taking advantage of that freedom. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh, we were all, well, all three of us were vaccinated that we were at the restaurant and we're just, you know, whatever. And, you know, and we'll, we can talk about that a little bit of a, what the hell's going on on the streets right now related to this mask instructions and what's going on or what I've been observing as I've been going out a lot uh, recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a, another thing happened yesterday. Okay, another okay. thing. Another thing. Yes. So, so the thing that happened yesterday is that I had been parking at a parking garage when I've been going to the office that we have uh, now that uh, that didn't have a char- charging stations. Okay. Okay. And so I, I, I wanted, I mean, I said, look, there's got to be some some charging stations nearby. This is a, the office that we have is at a place called Coconut Grove in Miami, which is just south of like the main downtown area. But it is an urbanized area. You know, it's like, I, I mean, the, the, there's a lot of condos and office buildings around there and it, it's an urban area. Okay. And I'm like, damn it, there's gotta be, you know, a charging station. So I, I pulled up the map and I, and I realized, oh, look, that's, yes, the building right beside the uh, the building uh, where we have the office has charging stations and i'm like okay so i made it okay so let me go and and park over there now it said that you got charged some small rate uh while you were charging the vehicle and that then if your car when it stopped charging then it would start charging you uh, an hourly rate for you being in the uh, spot. connected to the charger using the up spot. somebody else's right. charger spot essentially exactly now but but here's the thing i get to i get to the to the building and i pull a ticket okay and i drive in and there is a lot of charging stations there are probably i would say had to be about a dozen none of them were being used mm-hmm. okay but not just that none of them were being used. There were a couple of Teslas parked like right beside across from the charging station, not plugged into charge. And I'm like, huh? This is weird. And then, but the thing is that then all the parking spots said reserved. And it said reserved for some for all 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 the spots that were charging said reserved. Okay. And I'm like, huh. Okay. So let me drive around this garage a little bit. Maybe there are some other ones that don't have a reserved sign. Okay. And so I drive around this parking garage, which is very empty, by the way. And this was like around 9, 9, 15-ish around there. Okay. And man, every spot says reserved, reserved, reserved. Even though there was a, a, a ticket machine that I pulled in. But every parking spot was labeled reserved 
And not just that, but then I was a little bit confused by these garages that they have put in in certain places. I, I'm, I'm sure that Seattle has some like this also, but I hadn't been in one here in Miami that was like this. They have this where you can park one car and then you can lift that car and then put a car underneath. I, I have... I've never used one of those, but I uh, I have seen them. I know they exist. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so they had a whole bunch of do- of of those contraptions to lift up the cars, and I was a little bit confused by all of those because I normally I have not parked in a parking garage with those before. I've seen pictures of them or whatever, but I I hadn't driven into a parking garage here in Miami. Probably I've seen those in New York or something, not down here in South Florida. Okay. And so what the hell? So I drive around every spot in the in the building said reserved for some law firm i can't remember the name and then there were a few reserved for somebody else and i said wait this is bullshit it can't be i just every spot says reserved i mean what the hell this this makes no sense and and the parking garage was less than 10 percent full okay yeah. if that okay it was very empty and so i decided to drive back to where the charging stations are and okay look I'll just pick a spot. I'll charge. It was a charge point machine. I got a charge point uh, thing on my uh, uh, on my Apple phone that you okay. You park. I, I I pulled up with my phone. I activated the thing. I plugged in the car, and away we go. Okay, right. This is working. Okay, perfect. So I walk to the office. Okay, and I get a notification. It's charging, and everything's working great. All right, and so no problem. And so I have a park, but but I have this parking ticket, and then I, I see this fee schedule. And I'm like, how, wait, this said that I would be charged at the charge point for parking, but I also have a parking ticket. Okay. So what the hell? Um, all right. Well, whatever. All right, fine. So, so I leave there. Well, okay. So it's charging or whatever. At some point I get notified that the charging ended. And at that point I'd run up a charge bill of like a few dollars, nothing, nothing major. But then it's, then I don't. Look at the thing. And and your car filled up, and now, all of a sudden, these massive parking fees start piling up, okay? <laughs> all right? Yeah. And now, remember that I told you, there was, as a matter of fact, there were no cars. There, 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 were, there was nobody there. There were no car or their car charging when I got there, and there was no other car charging when I left, mm-hmm. okay? And I'm like... I mean, there were there were electric cars nearby, but they weren't plugged in. Now, I I think I kind of understand now why. Okay, all right, based on the on the fee structure. And anybody who has had this experience is like, I'm never parking there again. Well, at least once the car is charged, you're not leaving it there, right? Okay, right. because by the end of the day, when I left, I got charged twenty eight dollars. Okay, at the at the charge point, mm-hmm. but then I went to leave the parking garage. And I also had to pay $28 again right, to yeah. also leave the garage. So I wound up paying almost $60 nice. to park. Now, the fee at the other garage where I normally parked was only $15 for the whole day. Mm-hmm. And so, it, so it's not like it's $60 like normally around there. I wound up paying quadruple <laughs> the amount, okay, um, in order to... You know, save, uh, I guess, uh, 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 about, what did I save? Half a, g- a gallon of fuel? <laughs> nice. 
Four dollars. V- very efficient there. I mean, I did. I mean, I, I, I did. I mean, I guess it's good for the environment. But man, I mean, I, I made it quite an expensive endeavor yesterday to do the right thing for the environment. Very good, Yvonne. <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and you did the right thing for whoever owns that parking garage. I guess. <laughs> well, so. At least I know now. Now, I've looked up. There's some other options. At least I know now. I'm going to try. I saw that there's another one across the street that also says it offers charging. Uh, I, I think I'm going to try that one next time. Okay. I go there. Try that one. If not, at least what I do know now is that I'm going to get there, plug it to charge. The moment that it's done, I'm going over there and... At the very minimum, just unplugging the car from the thing. Yeah. Just at the very minimum. And moving the car to another spot or something. I, I was going to say, and moving the car, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is that there was, a, listen, the the, the, spa- the spaces were so empty. There were a couple of, of, of just like regular ice internal combustion cars parked in spots and nobody cared because there were just so many spots anyway. You, you call them ice? Uh, that's what they call them. Internal, what's the E? Or is it just ICC, but you say ICE? Internal combustion engine. In, okay, so they're ICE cars. ICE. Yeah, so they're ICE, internal combustion <laughs> engine. Okay. So that's why they come this thing, they called it uh, this this phrase now, when they there's a, there's a, you know, gas-powered vehicle parked in a, in a, in a charging station, they call it that you're, you're the state, the, the, the spot has been iced. <clears throat> That's what the term is. Oh, okay, very, very nice. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I just hadn't heard. I just had not heard that term before. I find it amusing. Yeah, it's I an mean, internal. I mean, it makes I, sense. I, it's internal because it's fine. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. so yeah, so so that's the thing. So so yeah, I I paid sixty dollars yesterday to park. That, that, that was. That, I'm going to try to avoid that in the future. Okay. And with that, I think we should uh, move on to real topics, right? Yes, we should. Okay, so we are going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, you may have noticed when I did the rundown, there were three topics rather than four. That's because last week's show was like getting close to three hours again. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. You know, our, 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 our target length for the show is between uh, 90 minutes and two hours. So like, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. That That's the target. Last week was two hours, 39 minutes and one second. Um, we don't need to do that. No. I mean, like if, if there, if there is something like, like a few times we've had long shows like that when we were doing special like coverage of a convention or we were doing like a live reaction to a debate or something like that. Like if there's something special, okay, fine, whatever. There's something special, but for a regular show, come on, you know? And, and I, and and for a long time, we were generally running between two hours and two and a half hours. But even then, once you hit that two hour, 30 minute mark, it's like, okay, this is ridiculous. (laughs) You know? Um, so, so anyway, uh, and we had gone nine weeks in a row before last week with shows that were actually in our target range 
between an hour and a half and two hours. And then we blew it last week. So we're going to try to do better instead of but first plus four. We're going to do but first plus three. And the very next segment after we get back from this break is going to be infrastructure week again. And uh, also just to point out, this will be week number six of the Alex Emsla sponsorship of this show. So yes, this first break will be one of the three Alex Emsla breaks, and then it'll be random after that. Anyway, we will be back right after this message from our sponsor. Alex Emsla.com. Bang Alex and Dad. Gaming videos and more from Alex. Elementary school by day. YouTube by night. AlexMZilla.com. AlexMZilla is A L E X M X E L A. And dot com is period and then C O M. Okay, so we are back, and uh, yeah, that was another Alex Emsla break. Uh, six weeks out of ten, and then after that, everything will be random again. Anyway, right, um, including of course some of his breaks, but other stuff too. Anyway, doesn't matter. Infrastructure week. Now, the reason we are talking about infrastructure, even though nothing has actually happened yet. Um, is that, um, well, two things. One, uh, this weekend is Memorial Day weekend, and originally that had been the target for having something out on infrastructure. Obviously, not happening. Um, and also, though, it seems like there's actually been a few weeks of back and forth between the Biden administration and Republicans um, in terms of yeah, one putting out one offer and then the other putting out another offer and sort of going back and forth and I guess getting at least a little closer together than they started. Now, Look, I must say that, it, listen, the the offer I saw from Republicans today wasn't the joke. Okay. I mean, well, in terms of the size, because one of the problems with Republicans over the last I don't know. What, however long Forever. since they've yep. been like this. Yeah. So as long as we've been adults, basically, is that they don't make serious offers anymore. Okay. They're not really negotiating on the other side. They're, they're just, they're, they're just pulling at strings in order to get whatever, uh, time they can get uh, at Fox News to push whatever new thing, uh, is popular with people that gets them all riled up. That, that's, that's all they're doing. But, uh, but the other thing that they've done is that any time that uh, a large government spending plan has been put forth, even if it makes any sense whatsoever, they've tried to water it down in some way. And that's the way it was when Obama uh, had tried to put through a stimulus plan after the 2008 crash, where due to Republican, you know, shenanigans it wound up getting watered down from like the two trillion dollars that he they had wanted down to only about 700 billion dollars which wasn't anywhere nearly enough due to the size of the issue back then but republicans put forth a proposal that right now was approaching about a trillion dollars and i was just shocked by the size of it now it's still a lot smaller than where biden started sure but i mean the, the fact that they they put 
forth a proposal that actually is an amount of money that is a credible amount of money to fix infrastructure was shocking to me because I just thought that they were just going to not put forth anything that was credible. And that at least gets into the size of a credible proposal. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, just to complete sort of the big points of disagreement that still remain, though, um, the Democrats have a lot of stuff that they want to include that the Republicans are just like, that's not infrastructure. We're not even going to think about it. Um, And also, uh, Biden is still very much set on paying for this by repealing some of the Trump tax cuts. And the Republicans are like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Right. And so, as I understand it, those are the big, big points of remaining disagreement here. Um, and so, yeah, who knows if they'll if they'll come together? I, I mean, I sort of feel like, yeah, you know, I said before, like way back when, um, that the Biden position should be: look, we will do whatever it takes to get Joe Manchin's vote. But we won't cut one additional thing out of it to get Romney or Collins or any of those yahoos, okay? Right. Like, get what you need to get to 50 votes plus one, and don't compromise at all beyond that point. Um, I think there are two dynamics at play here. One, I think Joe Biden really, to his core, believes that it would be worth it. To come to a, even if the deal was half of what he originally asked or less, if he could actually come to an agreement with the Republicans at something, like you said, somewhat reasonable and execute it and get it done, that that victory of doing something in a bipartisan way is in itself worth something. I think Biden believes that in his core, that Doing things across the aisle has its own value. One of the main things he was elected on was trying to reduce the temperature and make it possible to get things done again. And if he can get something done, even something a lot smaller than he would like to get done, he will take that as a victory and run with it. Okay. Um, I think that's part of it. Um, the the other but, part. But the problem yep. is yep. with that with that Mm -hmm. specific point specifically is that I I had somebody that on Twitter went and put the priorities that, that people had and the Republicans and Democrats had heading into the negotiation. Mm -hmm. And that, like you mentioned, that's very important for Biden. Okay. That is super important for him. But probably if you look at the GOP list, that probably is at the bottom. Oh yeah. If anything, that would be a negative for them. Correct. Yes. Right. That would be completely they they would see that as a negative. I I really think that they see that. Yeah, because it would so, allow Biden to get yet another thing done. They sort of right. allowed the COVID relief bill to go through. They couldn't stop it because he did did right. that with fifty plus one. Um, but that ends up ended up being a, a bigger Biden victory than they thought, you know, to the point that Republicans all over the country are taking credit for it, even though they voted against it, which is like <laughs> They're like, well, look that's... for that check you're getting. Ooh, look at this money being spent over here. This is what we're doing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You voted against it, asshole. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, 
But the other point I was going to make, aside from Joe Biden really, really wanting the bipartisan thing, I think the other part is sort of like Manchin and maybe Cinema and a couple other key Democratic sen- senators. Um, they are also contingent. They're like, you know, I don't want to do a 50 plus one. I don't want to do 50 plus the vice president. Um, I am going to withhold my own support unless you've got some Republicans on board. Uh, and, and, and so that's part of this motivation is that, you know, you can't, I think several of these key democratic senators have basically said, and I think Manchin has pretty much publicly said this, that he, his, he feels that this due diligence has to be done. And he is insisting on it and saying, like, you know, if you try to ram this through without at least trying to make a deal with the Republicans, you're not going to have my support either. And if you don't have his support, you got nothing. Well, here, but but it goes back to uh, what what you said about Biden and what he really wants to happen regarding this. And the fact that it would be a huge win. If he does do it bipartisan, mm-hmm. I I think that it would be it, it's the reason why the Republicans have been so reluctant at this, and which is why I thought it was huge to see them put on the table something that was of a magnitude that could be taken seriously. Exactly. Like, you could see in a different world it, with Biden, like, holding back a little bit. He could have started at this spot. Yes. 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 Absolutely. After the bills that we've already passed, a trillion for infrastructure would be a huge, huge boost. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And I think that people are also, because of the strength of the economic recovery that's happening right now... Um, like there are even some there are some there are some Democrats at this point who are also nervous about a two trillion dollar price tag as exactly. opposed to a one. They're saying maybe yeah. that's too much. And you've got yes. that on the Democratic side too. So there's definitely questioned about like, you know, if you were going to try to say, okay, forget the Republicans, let's just ram through our original proposal, um, you might not have 50 Democratic senators ready to go for Biden's initial offer. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to have to whittle that down just to get the 50 Democrats on board anyway. Right. Exactly. And so that's why I think that um, it it was a big positive step. Which sort of brings up, by the way, there's another possibility that exists out here that I would just laugh so hard if it indeed happened, is you go through all this rigmarole, you actually get the Republicans to come to a deal on like one trillion or you, you basically Biden says, OK, I accept your offer right now. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, uh, call your bluff. You put the one trillion dollar yeah. on the table. Let's do it as deal. is deal. Um, you could get that signed into law. And then the very next day, Biden goes back to the Democrats and says, OK, let's ram through the rest with 50 plus one. <laughs> but I don't think he would do that. I, I think it would be hard to do that for the same. You might be able to do a second bill at 50 plus one with some more, but for the reasons we just talked about, I don't think you could get the whole of what original of Biden's original offer. And, and frankly, 
it's hard to get there. Like every time Biden comes out with an offer that's lower than his original as part of this back and forth, it makes it almost impossible to go back. Which brings us to the Lucy pulling the full football thing, right? Yes. Um, you know, so if the Republicans have, through this process, you know, they've come up to $1 trillion, but Biden has gone down from whatever, it started at like 2.1 or something, and now they're at what, 1.7 like or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so now if the Republicans pulled out tomorrow and said, we are done, it becomes almost impossible for Biden to say, okay, well, then we're back to 2.1. Right. Yeah. I mean, maybe he could try, but again, I don't think you have all the Democrats on board for that anyway. Uh, well, so you, I think that the Dems look if, but it's like we, what we said, if, if they get down that to a deal, right. And then it's the Republicans just pulling the football away. Then Joe and cinema don't have the thing said, look, we made the deal with them. They agreed, and then they they decided to do what they normally do. Yeah, and I think that that gives them more than enough cover to to be able to vote for it. I think every time you do that, you get Joe Manchin and Cinema and a handful of other uh, of the sort of middling Democrats who don't like the fil- d- don't like the idea of reforming or getting rid of the filibuster. You make them matter, <laughs> you know. Now. Man, like Manchin today was talking about, like it, we we talked last week about the one six commission and what was happening, and, right. and as we sort of all assumed last week, uh, the Republicans did indeed filibuster that. That did not happen, uh, you know. So because there was a clear majority in the Senate, but not sixty votes, not sixty. Um, no. and so the the Republicans managed to kill that. And Manchin, you know, came out with a little furious statement about how. You know, there were cowards and, you know, they, how could anybody blah, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. So Manchin was mad. But, of course, when you ask him about, you know, well, does this change your view on the filibuster? No. <laughs> and and maybe nothing ever will. I mean, he's certainly said nothing ever will. But every time you do something where there is something that is eminently reasonable. Like in the case of the the January 6th commission, the Democrats gave the Republicans everything they asked for in that negotiation. Yep. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. And they still pulled out of it, except I think six Republicans voted for it. Um and if you if we end up with the same kind of thing on infrastructure where Joe Biden keeps compromising and compromising and compromising to get closer to the Republicans and then the Republicans are like, "Nope, sorry, never mind. We can't do it." That's another thing that's going to aggravate like Manchin and company. Yeah. Um, is it enough that he's going to like decide to kill the filibuster? You know, given what he's saying, probably not. <laughs> but maybe it but would be enough. enough to be, be able, but it's enough to get the, the, uh, the these bills through. Yeah, it's a, it's it, probably it, enough to get him on board to do a fifty plus one uh, exactly. out of the Senate. And every time I say fifty plus one, I mean, of course, Vice President Harris. Um, yeah, so I think that would well, be no, enough. I thought that was you that that was the tiebreaker. It's not you. It's it's not you. you you're not the plus one. Uh, oh, I thought it was you. It's very disappointing. No, no, it's 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 the vice president, of course. But um, the but yes, uh, I think that would be enough to get Mansion to uh, be okay with pushing through infrastructure on a party line vote. 
Now, would he still demand that it be a little bit smaller than Joe Biden might have originally proposed? Yeah, probably. Because uh, he's one of the ones that's nervous about it being too big. Uh, might it change the structure of the pay-fors and things like that? Maybe. Uh, but I think it would be enough to get him on board. Like, basically what Manchin is looking for and what he needs to, what he needs to be able to go back to West Virginia with is, look, I gave it my all. Right. I I did everything I could to make this a bipartisan thing. I were made made these radical Democrats to my left negotiate and come down. They wanted to spend two point one trillion. I pulled them down to one. And by the way, there's a bunch of it going to West Virginia. Right. Um. And and you know we did everything we possibly could to compromise. And it, it didn't happen, but we tried, right? You know, and and he needs to be able to come back with that message. Yep. And and right now he can do that. Like it, either one of these outcomes right now is good for Mansion. Either this deal happens, and you move forward, and you actually do have a bipartisan bill. And by the way, by bipartisan bill, I'm still expecting. Well, you, you never know. If they actually come to a deal that the leadership approves, maybe you do get one of these things that passes out of the Senate with 80 or 90 votes, you know? Um, but, you know, it's it's very possible you get something that's the usual sort of just barely enough kind of thing. Uh, I mean, you need the 60 votes to get past the filibuster, so maybe you end up with 60, 62 or something like that. I don't know. Um, but if you have something with leadership approval, like once you get both sides leadership saying thumbs up, then it's going to go through except for a straggler, you know, like, like Lee and Paul will vote against it, you know, those kinds of folks. Uh, but, um, yeah. So anyway, actually making the deal would be good for Manchin. Um, if the deal falls apart at the last minute, but Manchin can show he tries, he tried, that's good for him too. And he can go along and do the, the 50 plus one. Um, so we'll see. Um, I, I mean, Biden has, you know, said, you know, I, I know, I know we set the Memorial Day deadline, but we're making progress. So we're going to keep talking. So we'll see. Okay. All right. So infrastructure week. Any, any, anything at all else to say? Or is that it? I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, not uh, I, the, the, the tangential thing about the filibuster, we're still a long way from that. Like, yeah, you know, as long as Manchin's against it, it's a pipe dream uh, doing anything to the filibuster. And he is nowhere near mad enough to change his mind on that at this point. So, <laughs> okay. We'll take another break. And uh, then we will come back with our uh, pandemic stuff. Uh, so we'll do the usual, a little bit of update on stats. We'll talk about uh, the the stuff Yvonne mentioned about everything opening up again. And then we'll, I guess we'll talk about how this is, um, uh, this is a Chinese bioweapon, right, Yvonne? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Confirmed. Yeah. Uh, not quite. But we, we will be no, back. It's not? No, 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 it's not. Oh, okay. We Never will be mind. back. False alarm. Yes, yes, possible. We will be back after this. AfricaFocus.org features high-quality analysis and progressive advocacy on African issues with a particular attention to priority issues affecting the entire continent. The heart of the website is the Africa Focus Bulletin. Other features include regularly updated Africa-related news feeds and a set of country pages with extensive background and links on each African country. 
If you follow African issues or are even curious, visit africafocus.org today. Okay, we are back and it's time to talk about pandemic. I'll start just for a second with stats. Uh, the worldwide stats, uh, last week my update was that worldwide numbers were going down, but they were slowing down how fast they were going down. Almost as soon as we recorded that show, that trend stopped and the worldwide decline accelerated again. It's going down really rapidly right now. Uh, it's going down. The last time it was going down this quickly was in February. Um, so the worldwide trends are looking really great right now, actually, uh, going down almost everywhere in the world. Um, there, there are a handful of countries that you can pull out if you look carefully that are still trending up a little bit, but they're the exceptions and they're smaller countries. So on a worldwide basis, they, the, their increases are swamped by the declines in the bigger areas. Um, and, and you've got a number of places that are kind of flat, but, uh, but overall the trend is down and healthily down in, in all kinds of places all over the world, which is great. Um, the U S also continues to be down. Um, although that also varies state by state, I do see a little bit of a spike in the last couple of days in U S numbers, but it appears, I looked into this a little bit. It appears that Maryland reported a backlog of deaths that had, you know, for whatever reason they hadn't reported earlier. So there's a little bit of a spike because of that. Um, so if you ignore that, we're probably still on a downward trend, uh, us wise as well. Um, you know, state, state by state, there are differences as there always are. Like, you know, I look at, uh, Washington state where I am and there's this Washington state has this weird little sort of oscillating pattern. But if you look past the short-term oscillations, uh, you know, for the last two months, we've been slowly trending upward on deaths. Um, you know, and we're still low compared to lots of places. Um, but, um, but we are trending up a little bit. So there are a few places that are trending up a little bit, but overwhelmingly the trends, um, uh, you know, for the country are, are still down. Um, so great. And, in 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 both, in both deaths and cases, by the way. Um, so trends are great. So I guess from there, the next thing is, uh, you, before we get to the Chinese bioweapon lab escape stuff. Uh, so what Yvonne have you been seeing in terms of, Hey, everything's wide open again. Cause I'll tell you, I'll, I'll start off with me. I am still sort of being in careful mode and uh, I am fully vaccinated as of last week, but I still find myself like I'm not going out and doing much that I wasn't doing. I'm, I'm not doing more now than I was a few weeks ago, just because I'm vaccinated. I'm basically behaving the same way. And I still, if I am going indoors somewhere, I'm still wearing the mask, not because I have to as a vaccinated person, but because I'm going to places where that's still expected for the most part. Like, you know, one of the few places I go is I'm still getting physical therapy on my hand. It's a medical establishment. Masks are required. So I wear the mask. Um, and if I'm, uh, you know, the thing, things like that, like I, I haven't, I, I still have the habit. I haven't been consciously trying to break it. I did in one case, uh, Alex and I went to a park. 
And uh, I, I did not wear the mask for most of my visit to the park. I'm like, I'm outdoors. We're not near other people. And even if I wasn't vaccinated, this would probably be completely safe. Uh, and so I'm taking off the damn mask. Uh, you know, and, and so th that's where I am. And I haven't made, I haven't been going to restaurants. I haven't been going to, uh, you know, in-person shopping, uh, except every, you know, maybe once a month for like absolute necessities that for whatever reason I couldn't do somewhere else. Um, so I haven't noticed any difference myself just because I personally am still isolated, but how about you, Yvonne? Well, the one thing that I will say that I had, uh, noticed is you know how a lot of places are adjusting their mask policies um i've seen um my my gym basically has basically lifted the requirement uh they they're, they're like look uh it says that uh they've lifted a requirement because everybody was required to wear a mask and they're following the same thing i've seen in other places where I've seen signs basically posting the CDC guidance, which is, okay, vaccinated people are not required to wear masks. We request that people that are not vaccinated wear masks. And I still see a lot of people. I, I will say that despite that, uh, almost everybody goes into the gym uh, wearing a mask. So when they're moving around and they're going and like to grab stuff and whatever, they're wearing one, but not work, not during workouts. They're just, just, I, I it, you know, uh, they're, they're just not wearing them anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went to, uh, I went to our Regis office, uh, where we, where we have that, which is a shared uh, co-working space. And there are very few people there in general. I mean, there's just not not a lot of people uh, on a daily basis. But they put a sign up, which basically said the CDC guidance, which said, listen, we're not requiring people to wear masks anymore uh, while they're in the public spaces. Um, you know, we ask you to follow the CDC guidance that if you're, you know, if you're not vaccinated, that you, you'll wear a mask. And if you're, and if you, you know, if you are fully vaccinated, that you're not required to wear a mask. Despite that, that I saw plenty of people wearing them. But like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, what other choice is there? You know, there's no, because there's no way to tell, the only choice left is an honor system and saying exactly what you said. Post the sign and hope people do the right thing. Um, yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, but, uh, you know, I, I think that that's the, the approach. I will say that, um, you know, an, a, another thing I've noticed that, you know, my son went back in person like a couple of weeks ago what i will say is that I, one thing i've noticed is uh to school to school now the school has you know uh, uh has not done any waivers on the mask requirements at all but what i will what i have observed is that i used to get whenever there was a a, a covet case at the school we would get a call and i would say we got one or two calls a week like before announcing one hmm. we haven't gotten a call in a month because there haven't been any cases reported. Right. There just haven't been. Um, and so that is something that, that I noticed that was quite, you know, I mean, it was quite noticeable. The fact that just, you know, we would get every time there was a case and, and the, the Palm Beach school board has a website where they are, you could look at COVID cases at each of the schools. They've been tracking them and public, you know, putting them on their website. So people, you know, full transparency of what's going on, how many cases are at the schools, what's, you know, what, what is going on. Uh, and they will, you know, you'll get a robocall and a text message and an email uh, basically informing you of, you know, of that. 
we haven't had one in weeks. I mean, it's just, we just haven't had one. Um, and so I, I, I mean, I think that that's, uh, I mean, that feels good to, to know that that's how things are happening right now. Mm-hmm. The one thing I was going to talk about is about sporting events this last week, because we've had a whole bunch of like, there's been hockey playoffs and basketball playoffs going on, and a whole bunch of places that have started lifting like capacity controls and certain rules and things and whatever, whatnot. And when the one place that was very noticeable is in New York City, and there was a there was a, a there was a playoff game for basketball in New York City. Uh, the New York Knicks, and they haven't been in the playoffs in like 20 years. So this was like a very big thing. And so a lot of the, the place was packed. And I, I think that what they were saying is that, you know, everybody was like, well, this feels like normal because uh, I think it was a fan went and spit on one of the players. Okay. Okay. And so, yeah. And, and so they were talking about how. I mean, what the hell, man? Were these people so cooped up that they don't even know how to behave anymore in public? Do we have to teach them how to be how to behave? Because I mean, we had one fan that went and uh, tossed a popcorn on top of a player, uh, and then I, I think he threw a bag of popcorn and hit him. And then another fan went and spit on on a player in New York, and we were just like, I mean, what the hell, man? I mean, the people just got out of a lockdown and they're just spitting on players. I mean, for real? This is what we're doing? Uh, but but the places have been full and vociferous and I mean, we were like saying, well, this, this, in, the, in the sporting world, which I think that last year, mm-hmm. when all the sports events across the United States stopped, because of positive cases in the NBA. That's when people knew it was real. Exactly. And I think that that's the reason why I was bringing this up, because this week they were saying, well, not as really feels like it's over. Because once you've got fans back to <laughs> in Madison Square Garden and they're spitting on players, well, I guess we're back to normal now. So yeah, so that's what's going on. And the other one, uh, the the popcorn incident was in Philadelphia. So I don't know, whatever. New York and Philly. I mean, those guys. I mean, come on. I mean, in freaking Philadelphia. I mean, at what the football stadium? They used to have a jail. These people behave so badly regularly. I mean, there are places. It's pretty scary to go to a fucking game. I mean, I gotta tell you, I I would go. So. Yeah, I, and and you know I I've mentioned before if you look at um you know how do you decide when it's really over 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 right um one of the things we can look at in the U.S. is like when do you get past those you know lows from you know last last July from the middle of last summer um mm-hmm. and, and, you know and. We, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, depending on which site you look at, we might have already been there. I'm looking right now uh, at Johns Hopkins numbers. Uh, you know, we earlier this week, before this little spike I mentioned from Maryland, we were at 400, uh, sorry, we were at 520 average deaths per week uh, over the last seven days. Um, and the low in, um, uh, in July was 518. I mean, right. We were there, 
and we have this little spike from Maryland, but it probably is a temporary spike and we'll go back down. Um, so we're, we're almost past that low. And once you get past that, and again, some other trackers already had us there. Right. Um, when, once you get past that, then you're at the same numbers we were, you know, at the end of March, 2020. And when, when it was brand new and growing, except we'll be going down instead of going up. Oh, now, the right. one thing though, that looks clear right now. Is, you know, in that initial phase where it was going up in March, it was going up incredibly rapidly. We are going down slowly. <laughs> you know, I mean, it is going down, but we're not going down at the rate it went up. Well, I mean, look, the 14 day change. Well, it's it, it, it's it's the, well, I'm not going to say it's slow, but it's definitely slower than the than the than the uh, uh, exponential rate that it was going up because the 14 day change right now, yeah, it, we're, we're basically we're, 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 we're declining linearly, whereas we were going up exponentially. Exactly. Right. I mean, it's like, because a 14 day change, a New York times is reporting is down 36%, which is yeah. definitely nothing to sneeze at. No, it's, no, it's a, it's, 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 it's a, is it's that a cases? Drop. Is that cases? It, yes, in cases. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's a it's a very big drop. It's a twenty percent, uh, fourteen day change in deaths is down twenty percent. Hospitalized down twenty two percent. Cases down thirty six percent. So it's a, it's a significantly down. But it's not like you said. It's not exponentially down. It, it's you know it's it's a slope. Okay. Well, and, and, so, and this is where as long as you know we're probably not going back down to zero. You know, that's probably not in the cards. No. Um, no, it's just know, gonna be under control. Not down to zero, especially because of all the damn idiots that don't want to get vaccinated. Yes. And and the fact that uh worldwide vaccination is slow. So even if the US right. gets it completely in control, there'll always be a trickle coming in from outside, assuming we sort of open up regular regular so travel again, you know. So this week, by the way, just so you know, so I, I heard from two different people from two different countries trying to come into the US to get vaccinated. Okay. Um uh, specifically the their main concern is uh has been uh that they were only offering like for the most part uh uh Sputnik five or, or the mm -hmm. Chinese vaccine. And these people were like, fuck no, <laughs> I, I don't want this shit. Um I'm going to fly to the U.S. to get vaccinated. I'm like, uh, there was a, there was, so there was, that was one person that I know has already booked travel. And, and we're letting them in? Yes, we are actually letting them in and pharmacies are vaccinating people. I've already, already known many people from. And, and not just, not just U.S. citizens, but. Not just U.S. citizens, people from Mexico and from Colombia that I know that have come to the U.S. just exclusively just to get vaccinated and have been able to do so without without any problems. And these are not U.S. citizens. Now, this this person that talked to me this week that's coming from Colombia is a U.S. citizen. Okay, so that person is living in Colombia and is just going to come to the U.S. just to get vaccinated mm -hmm. and to go home. But I got uh, I, I have somebody in Argentina that tech I I was texting with them about about vaccinations in Argentina. Where by the way, right. Now is one of the cases, countries with the worst outbreak at this point. Yeah. And same thing that he told me. Uh, he, he was, he told me that, well, I had a turn to get my first shot this week, but it was Sputnik 5 or, Ch or the Chinese one. I said, fuck that. I'm like, I'm waiting to this week because we started getting some shipments from AstraZeneca. I'm going to get that instead. I'm, it's a lot more serious than the Russian and Chinese vaccine. This is a general attitude that I've seen with a lot of people. 
uh, that they are completely, completely mistrustful of those vaccines. Which is interesting, and and I'm not sure that's, I mean, there is some evidence that the Western vaccines are better, but the Chinese and Russian vaccines aren't nothing. They are protective, just not quite as protective. Well, here's one thing, though. I will say that, well, look, I'm beginning to question how protective the Chinese vaccine is. Okay. Because Chile's, Chile right now has reached 40% vaccination, fully vac- full vaccination, and their cases are not going down. And I'm beginning to to question, what the fuck is this? Why? I mean, you've got a country right now that is 40% vaccinated. And they're not being able to get the damn pandemic under control. And they've almost exclusively used uh, the Chinese vaccine. I can't remember. It's Coronavac, Sinovac, whichever the fuck it is. Uh, but but yeah, but they, they're Chile right now is, even with the fact that they have vaccinated 41% of the population, fully vaccinated, still is up 20% on cases. Hmm. And you're like, what the fuck? How is that possible? So, but but on, on the other hand, the the, the one thing about, uh, I was going to mention about the uh, about the vaccine stuff is also that right now airline travel, even just to come into the U.S., um, if you want to try to come to the U.S. to get a vaccine, uh, airfare prices have soared to get into the U.S. They were asking like, you know, what was like. Five hundred dollars a few, a little bit ago, four four thousand dollars. So it's becoming extreme, extremely uh, cost prohibitive to to some people to even try to attempt to come to the U.S. to to get vaccinated at this point. There was also an article about how Brazil basically last August Pfizer went and insistently offered them, "Hey, I got seventy million doses for you." Take them. There's a whole bunch of uh, a, a, a trail of documents that has been exposed that the Brazilian government basically just ignored the offer. That's nice. That's nice of them. Um, so just to finish up this part of the conversation before we get to the uh, the the Chinese bioweapon stuff, um, the in, in terms of sort of when is everything normal, normal, normal? Um, I think it's you know look. The Biden administration's goal was July 4th. I think the U.S. is as a whole on track for that. I think there will be some regional differences here and there, like that people really do need to pay attention to what's going on at their local level, not even state level. Like I mentioned, you know, Washington state, but that's very different. Like actually my county, Snohomish counties, doing pretty well and trending the right direction. It's some of the other counties, <coughs> some of the uh, <coughs> redder counties that are having problems right now. No, you don't say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I No one could have expected that. Um, no. But, but, you know, so you really do have to pay attention to what's going on in your local area. But, you know... Overall, I think July 4th is a very reasonable date that, for the most part, unless there's a sudden reversal or something happens, and look, this thing has had ups and downs before, so I'm not going to exclude the possibility, but if current trends continue, which is a big if, um, July 4th, perfectly reasonable for most of the country to be back 
essentially to normal with a few isolated pockets here and there where there are where the trends are going the other way where they should of course remain careful but probably won't yeah no. Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that I forgot to mention about the the vaccine hesitancy, especially with the different with the different countries and so forth, is that there was also a, a story this week about uh, Russians trying to pay uh, some social media influencers in France <laughs> to spread uh, false rumors about the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine in France, uh, and. There's a lot of stuff about jockeying and peddling about, you know, peddling stories about false vaccine stories and to also um, do a lot of vaccine diplomacy. Okay. All right. Right now. And so the Russians and the Chinese have been very aggressively with that. If you look at China and you see how their vaccination rates are going, which which are slow. I mean, they're just and, and but they're shipping tons of vaccine to other places. India had tried the same approach. They were doing some of that. but then. You know, they got hit with, with you know, a massive ton of cases uh, during that time period. But look, there is – most people that are, that are reasonable, they are – look, they know the, the political and – the political systems that exist in those countries, right – and so if you get offered a vaccine that was developed either in the US, the EU, Russia, or China, which one do you which country's medical system do you trust more to give you something that actually works as advertised? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I told you, hey Sam, here's your menu of choices. Sputnik V, Sinovac, Astra, or you know. Pfizer, whatever, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. What are you taking? I'm taking one of the Western ones, if given the choice. Yes. You know, but but at the same time, uh, I think it's still, unless there's actual counterindicators, if, if I have no choice, but one of them is put in front of me, any one of them, I take it. Oh, yes. I, I'll tell you what. I'll take the Chinese vaccine. There's no fucking way I'm taking the Sputnik. You know, Yvonne, Yvonne, wait, 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 Yvonne. Bill Gates's microchips are in Pfizer, not the Russian one. Oh, it's a Pfizer one. Damn. Well, I'm fucked. I already got the chip inside. I guess I have Intel inside. No, I got Windows inside. What the hell do I have? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, no. so you were saying you, you wouldn't take the Russian one no matter what, because... Because... I don't trust Putin in anything that he does because everything he does is for propaganda. If you recall how he launched a vaccine before anybody had even been close to ending trials, they hadn't even done any trials and he started inoculating people with that damn thing. I don't know. I, I just don't trust Putin or anything. Well, I think in general, like for most of these, it's like what you want is outside experts also giving their thumbs up right you know you want and, and just like here yes the cdc said whatever and they're you know, the cdc the cdc and the fda and such were the ones giving the official thumbs up but you had a raft of other independent experts reviewing the evidence and saying yep this all looks good to me right 
um, and, and, and going over it and, and you know, if there were significant holes to point out, they would be pointed out. I mean, as it is, we had way too much emphasis on, oh my God, five people out of 80 million had a very rare side effect and scares about that, that were probably blown up more than they should have been in the public consciousness. Uh, so, you know, it, you know, if there was something significant there, people would dig into it. And I feel like for, for all these other vaccines too, it's like, the question would be, is there somebody other than the Russian and Chinese government saying the stuff is good. Exactly. You know, is there some independent uh, proof? Uh, listen, I, I can say that here's the one thing about this, that I, I could, maybe Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca are trying to take all my money, okay? I, I, <laughs> okay, you know, they're greedy. Okay, take that as a fact. But I believe that they're not going to try to kill me. They're actually going to try to sell, tell me something that actually works, okay? Instead of something that just doesn't work. Now, 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 Yvonne, are you, you're not actually implying some sort of conspiracy theory where the Russian vaccine is actually not a vaccine at all and is like, you know, has low levels of arsenic or something in order to kill everybody. Right. You're not actually suggesting. I'm not that, suggesting right? that, but, you know, would I discard <laughs> that as, as, as a real possibility <laughs> from, from Putin? No. Okay. I mean, come on. The guy, Mr. Polonium T. <laughs> That's it. That's what's in the vaccines. Polonium. Small traces. <laughs> um, okay. So aside from Russia, I think that's a good segue into China. Um, and whether or not you can trust the Chinese on what they say on, on, on stuff. And uh, the whole saga of sort of what's now being called uh, the lab escape hypothesis, right? Um, and and so let's let's sort of backtrack. And first of all, I'll say maybe you can remember. I can't remember specifically exactly how dismissive and in what language we were on our own show about this issue. But the history of this was that uh, in the very early days of the pandemic, uh, it was brought up that you know, hey, this thing started in Wuhan. And by the way, there is a research facility, a couple, you know, they, a lot of the reports were saying this all started around this, um, you know, place where they sell live animals in Wuhan. And oh, by the way, it's only two or three blocks away where there's a significant viral research facility that actually studies these kinds of viruses. Hmm. Maybe the virus escaped from there. And so there was some debate about, you know, do, do we think this happened sort of naturally through, you know, an infected animal at the market, then the virus hopped to a human? Or do we think there's some sort of possibility that some sort of thing happened at the lab and something escaped from there? Because they were, they were studying coronaviruses at that lab little bit of a coincidence, right? So what, you know, could that have happened? And the sort of official, like, if, if you listened, I, I shouldn't say official, because part of the thing is there, there's disagreement and lots of people saying different things. But if you listen to a lot of the stuff at the time, uh, the what I heard as the basic consensus was that, look, Occam's razor says the natural hypothesis is probably right. 
Okay, that's the most likely scenario. However, we can't rule out the possibility that, you know, hey, they were studying coronaviruses at this lab. Maybe something escaped. We can't rule that out. The one thing that I believe I did see people say was very, very unlikely was that this was a genetically engineered virus that was specifically made to be more virulent by artificial means. Uh, Basically, they said, look, the virus itself is consistent with what we would expect from natural evolution. Now, natural evolution could happen at the market. It could happen in the lab. Uh, It could happen either place. But they they sort of said the chance that it's like, you know, I I, I was joking as we left the last segment coming into this one about the Chinese bioweapon. There did seem to be consensus amongst the experts that it probably wasn't that. It probably wasn't something that was specifically engineered to be a really bad virus. However, they could not exclude the possibility of it being something that was being studied in the lab that somehow escaped. Okay. Um, now there were a couple good articles this last week, two or three, there was a whole genre of them, essentially analyzing sort of the press reaction over the last year, specifically the liberal press. And sort of what seems to have happened is that Tom Cotton Senator Tom Cotton came out with a position, basically he was being a China hawk and saying, hey, look at this, it was probably the Chinese, blah, blah, blah. And then a whole bunch of people sort of went into, you know, this is all just sort of racist propaganda, trying to find somebody to blame it on. And they're going, you know, they're they're trying to make it the China virus and all this. Um, Whereas there's not really the evidence of that. Now, again, it hadn't been excluded, but there wasn't positive evidence in that direction either. Um, And so it suddenly, or I shouldn't say suddenly, over the course of a few weeks to a couple months, uh, became sort of the, the standard take in huge parts of the media that any talk whatsoever of a lab origin to the coronavirus was automatically just, you know, MAGA head conspiracy theory crap. And was not to be taken seriously. Uh, Social media folks started putting warning labels on anybody who mentioned it. Uh, YouTube started being careful about what they allowed out. All of this kind of stuff. Whereas really, uh, there were a few loud scientists saying, this is ridiculous, this didn't happen. But if you looked at the scientific community as a whole, it's like, no, we can't exclude that. That, It might have been that. It might have been the market. It might have been the lab. It might have been something else. We really don't have enough evidence to know. And China was specifically doing all kinds of stuff to make it hard to find out. And so that all blew up. And I think now, with the fullness of time, uh, we've had a number of scientists come out and say, look, we really need, we really should look at that possibility again. uh, Because there was one report that came out that apparently we have some intelligence that there were a couple people from that lab who got sick enough to go to the hospital in like November 2019, right before this all blew up, which would all tie in. Okay, that that's the summary of where we are up to now. Okay, but here, here the problem. Listen, listen. They're going the the problem with what happened last year, and as you mentioned, you brought up Tom Cotton. Okay. And you brought up the MAGA head thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you didn't bring up Trump, who also, you know, played some of this up. Yeah. The problem is, with 
that theory was it's who the messenger was because <laughs> since they are all liars about everything anytime that they would bring up something the credibility of whatever they brought up had to be questionable was questionable is questionable well, yes, to this day yes. and so it's one of those things that by them bringing it up and because of their racism, which is also true, mm -hmm. you combine those two things, and it makes you question anything that they would have brought up and and push it back down. The problem is it was more than questioning. It was because they said it, it must be false. Yeah, because they said it, it must be false. Whereas, it, whereas Sam, it should... Whereas Sam, it should, but yeah, Sam, but no, but no, but here's yeah, the reality. No, 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 but where it but should it, have no, been... No, no, but, but it should have... It should have been. It should well, have been. Has that standard the, with them, yeah. in general, been wrong? Well, look, but the thing is, and it should have been Sam, for everything. Has that no, standard no. with them been generally wrong? <laughs> you you would have gone well. You would have done better, assuming that everything they said is a lie, than assuming what they said is true. That is absolutely correct. correct. However, okay. this is why you, you you had fact checkers. You have all this stuff that says. You know, the fact that they said it should not be automatically assume it's a lie. It's automatically assume you know nothing about it until you go check for yourself. But look, but even at this point where we had that information that you just mentioned, okay? Even at this point, people are saying that there's still no real evidence right now to support Correct. that theory. Now, it just can't be excluded. It, it, it just can't be excluded. That's all it is, in large part, because... It, we haven't been able to investigate it as deeply uh, as we would have wanted. And the Chinese have been coy with transparency related to this. Now, one might say that the fact that they're being coy about it is in itself evidence that that theory is probably right. Because otherwise, why wouldn't they be more open? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I would say that that is a valid, that is a valid argument. Um, but... At the same time, it's China. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's not like they have a history of openness for all kinds of things. No, and so it, and and so we're we're still anyway. The preponderance of information we had indicated other stuff. So, you know, I get it. So it can't. But it's like you said. What this makes it clear is that it can't be discarded. Okay, but we don't have solid evidence to say well and, and frankly we'll probably never know and we might never know we might never know um and and several and several people also pointed out like and what difference would it make to our actions what difference would it have made then what difference does it make now um whether it escaped from a lab or developed naturally in in that uh, uh in that marketplace or somewhere else um the response to it would not have changed at all. Right. Like the, what you would have to do would be the same. So it's sort of a, it's an academic exercise. It's an exercise. Like if it was, you know, some, an escape from the lab type scenario, it, it going to be massive lessons potentially for the future on 
how you handle labs like that and what safety precautions are necessary, like what actually failed to let it escape. Uh, those would be interesting things to look at, but you know, we're not in a position to do that from here. Right. Um, but we are, you know, we have labs that look into this stuff too. We probably would be worth our while double checking all our protections and making sure they're good. Um, but Otherwise, it's not really going to change anything about it. And I think that the key and also, you know, I, I think the media did make a huge mistake in terms of how they characterized this, in terms of sort of dismissing any talk about anything related to a lab release as um, as fake news, essentially. Um, but... Uh, but it was but, being peddled primarily no, no, by the biggest producers of fake news. I know. But I that, mean, but that, I'm sorry, but no, it's no, like right. all of a sudden. But that, but that's it, the, I mean, the but, problem but is that that's how this shit gets dismissed. Because if I told you that the first network to report this was OAN. Right. Would you, what would you say? Hey, look at the story from OAN about this. What do you think? Well, but, the, the, but your the, first conclusion is. It's OAN. It's bullshit. Well, whatever. Yeah, that's the first conclusion, but it's the media's job to look deeper than that. And so the the message that should have been coming out of the media on this subject is we don't know. It it could have been either. Uh, now I the one thing, the one thing that to... also a number of these articles pointed out is much of this reporting also conflated things that should not be conflated. I keep m- mentioning this sort of genetically engineered bioweapon kind of thing bioweapon um and time after time people have pointed out articles from that time period that very sloppily mixed together the idea of a lab escape which is more like legitimate scientific researchers in a lab right which is two very different things right who get exposed to something, get sick, and accidentally, when they go home, expose it to their family and friends, right? That's the lab escape scenario. There's nothing malicious there. Right. There is a failure in technical confinement with people doing legitimate research, right? There's that. And then there's the China's doing something malicious. They're trying to build a super virus, okay? Um, and that's an entirely different accusation for which there's no evidence. Um, and a lot of the conversation around this time intentionally blurred the lines between those two things. And that was sloppy as well. And as you said, a lot of that was coming from the kings of misinformation, you know, in the administration and the Republicans in the Senate and in Congress. And so, you know, you expect that kind of nonsense from them, but you would hope that the legitimate media would take a step back from that and look a little bit more carefully. And they didn't. I think we had uh, the information that we had basically pointed to other sources as the main potential source. And so, and there was a strong information that the, the main sources that the source was from somewhere else. And there was, there was a strong information. And then you had the quacks saying, that at the same time, which says, hey, I've got strong information over here, and I got quack jobs saying this shit. And by the way, the quack jobs also completely covered up anything they were saying with another layer of absolute racism. 
and absolute scapegoating. Right. And, yep. you know, because it wasn't about, well, what's the truth of this? It wasn't really about that. It was like, who can we blame <laughs> instead of us? Exactly. Um, and that the Kung flu. Yeah. All of this kind of stuff. on The China of virus. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Um, yeah. So so anyway, I, I think the, the media did not do great on here, but you can kind of understand where it came from. And also, I will point out um, in in the back and forth about this this week, there were a number of folks as well who pointed out a number of publications who did get it right and did provide the nuanced coverage and did say, you know, look, we can't completely exclude the lab hypothesis, but this other looks more likely, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and did not dismiss it out of hand, did not say that it was automatic misinformation, took it seriously as a hypothesis, talked about it, talked about how it couldn't be excluded, but in a non-like scapegoating racist way just talking about it matter of factly and there were so there were publications who did it right but the stuff that made it through the noise filter was either if you were on the MAGA head side of the spectrum you heard China virus China virus China virus it's the Chinese doing something they're evil blah 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 or if you were on the liberal side of the fence was more uh, you know, anybody talking about this, you know, lab escape stuff is just a conspiracy theorist, not, not so, uh, you know, it's obviously not that don't listen to them. And the, the ones that were in the middle trying to give the nuanced position, uh, were sort of drowned out, uh, in that back and forth. Wait, no way. In 2021. Yes. The people with a nuanced position were drowned out. Well, I was talking 2020, but yeah. Oh, in 2020, the people with the nuanced position were drowned out? You're serious? <laughs> oh, my God. How did that happen? Yeah, I know. That never happens, right? <laughs> no. No. I mean, we live in an era of open discussion that is just amazing, in which, you know, the free, uh, you know, free communication amongst people acceptance the defining of common ground is the defining trait of our of our era <laughs> so that all reminds me of a cartoon that's gone around a lot uh recently i just dug it up um it's actually from 2016 uh from non sequitur uh you can find them on gocomics.com gocomics.com/nonsequitur uh and i'm sure all of you out there have seen this it's a bunch of people on a path on a road and then they come to a fork in the road and there's a sign that says answers and on the right there is a an arrow going to complex but right and that road goes off and there's another arrow going the other direction saying simple but wrong. <laughs> and you see this throng of people and one or two people going off to the right to the long windy road for complex but right. And the whole mass of the crowd going to the left to simple but wrong. You know? And and I think that and the whole cartoon is labeled science versus everything else. And I think that encompasses a lot of this. But you also have to add on top of that sort of the political polarization here. Like you said, you know, um, there's the group that will 
believe Trump and Cotton no matter what they say. And there's the group that right. if Trump or Cotton say it, it must be a lie and we don't even have to look further because they always lie. So why would we even bother paying attention? Um, and and so you have that scenario, whereas really the, the complex but right uh, is often the right answer, but nobody wants to hear that it's a complicated, muddled mess. And to really understand it, you have to you have to get into the nitty gritty and understand some complexity. And it's not actually just this or just that. It's sometimes this and it's sometimes that. And there are all these factors that come into play and there is no simple right answer. It's a complicated mess. And that's often what reality is, but nobody wants to hear that. Well, I mean, I think that in a nutshell, you just explained the the rise of Trumpism. I mean, you know, it's it's. it's it, I mean, it's really simplistic uh, blame games on on what ails people and looking for a simple scapegoat, pointing pointing to it, and then just lying repeatedly about it, and voila, there you got it. So, yeah. So anyway, okay. Okay, that's enough that's enough for pandemic. Let's take a short break and we'll come back with our last topic, which is that Ryanair thing. Uh I, I don't know if hijacking is the right word, but whatever happened to Ryanair over over uh Belarus? Was it was it Belarus? I almost said Ukraine, but it was Belarus. It was over Belarus. Yes. Uh we will talk about that when we come back. Uh, uh here here we go. Like the break thing is happening now. Pay pay attention. You're supposed to say do do do. Do do do. Alex Amzala. Alex Amzala is awesome. Its videos are fun. And today, once again, we have one of our most loyal subscribers here to tell you how awesome Alex Amzala is. I'd say on a rate from 1 to 10, Alex Amzala is awesome at. I don't know, 37, 82. He's pretty radical. His videos are phenomenal. They're full of creativity. And they're they're so funny and exciting to watch. Wow, what happened to your voice then, Amy? Was that dad pretending to be you because the audio was distorted when it really wasn't because I told him to? Yes! Good job on remembering, dad. Do, do, do! Okay, we are back, and it's time to talk about Ryanair. Um, now, I admit, I, pay, I paid some attention to this. I know the broad outlines of the story, but uh, when we were discussing topics, Yvonne let on that he's paid a lot more attention than I have to this one. Uh, so, Yvonne, why don't you summarize the situation and the main things to talk about here? Well, uh, so there was this flight that was flying from Athens to Lithuania, Okay. Um, Vilnius. Vil. I think it was. I think it was. Well, now, Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. I, I. I don't think it was the Vilnius actually. Uh, which it wasn't to Vilnius. I don't think it was. They were on. Vi- it, yeah. That now. Now you got me. And now I got. Now you're gonna check. Uh, I'm gonna double check. Oh man. Uh gosh, I thought I remembered uh, where the hell I had it like over here somewhere. Hold on. I just to confirm, Yvonne, I found it faster than you were. It was to Vilnius. Yes. It was to Vilnius. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. 
the capital of Lithuania. It says right. Yes. So so it was a flight from the Ryanair flight from Athens to Vilnius as they were flying over Belarus, which is on the final approach to there. They were still they were actually had not started the descent. Okay, but they were about to. They were they were getting very close. Um, the air traffic controllers from Minsk reach out to the airplane and tell them that they had received information, intelligence information, that there was a bomb on the plane. And due to safety reasons that they needed to land at Minsk and not continue to Vilnius. Um, The pilots were confused by these instructions and asked a couple of times to confirm. Now, just to just to be be clear, and correct me like if this was wrong, I thought I'd heard that at the time they were given that order, it would have actually been faster to complete their flight and land at Vilnius than it would be to divert. No, close call. They were a close call. Close call. Okay. I, I I don't think that it, I don't it, I don't think it's clear cut. If you look at the, uh, you know, on well, I guess probably you can't see the tracking. I, it, you only you have to have a subscription to like Flight Radar Twenty Four. You can look at tracking of the old flights. I looked at the track. There were they had been still at when they received that call, and they decided to divert to Minsk. Uh, they were still at cruising altitude. Um, they were still relative, they were at a distance that was kind of iffy, okay, um, uh, to make the call. And then, look, they get that call, the pilots are hesitant about this, okay, and then they're being told that they're going to get, uh, that they got, uh, a fighter jet that was escorting them. Right. Okay? So this pretty much like, okay... And at, and at that point, you do what the fighter jet says. <laughs> exactly. So they were like, okay, we're landing in Minsk, okay? And so the plane went and, like, diverted and landed at Minsk. And the the person of interest that was on the plane, which is this guy that they arrested that was a, a 20-some-odd-year-old uh, reporter, uh, that was someone that had been very vocal about a lot of the things that are going on in the country, uh, in Belarus. And so the government was after him and he knew they were after him. And he did, when he heard that they were landing in Minsk, he, he knew he was, he was in trouble. He, He knew that he was in trouble and they, they got everybody off the plane, and they were waiting for him. And they grabbed him, and they they they, they arrested him. And they had let they they let the the people at the airport. They made him wait there for many hours um, before they allowed them to then later on proceed. And the the plane went and took off again, and completed the 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 flight to uh, Vilnius. Um, I mean, I got to say that in my life, I, I this is. I'd never seen an incident like this before. The only time that I'd ever seen an incident like this, it was kind of, and it, and it wasn't even the same, was in a movie. I still remember. There was a there was a movie, White Knights, with uh, Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov, where uh, this aircraft uh, 
Barishnikov was a, a Russian defector, and the plane was flying over uh, near Russian airspace, and they wound up being forced to land in Russia, and they arrested him on landing, and he was freaking out just like this guy. This is all the, mm. you know, all I kept thinking is like flashbacks to that movie, uh, you know, back then. And, I mean, look, this is uh, an unprecedented incident. I've never seen a, a government do this. Um, I mean, they obviously had been tracking him. They knew what air, uh, what plane he was going to take. They 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 tracked the aircraft as it was flying. They waited until that moment. They had the entire plot all ready to go to spring into action to to catch this guy. Um, I mean, right now, uh. The EU has imposed a lot of sanctions in terms of uh, blocking uh, flights from Belarus to to go into the EU. They, they I, I saw that also the US is going to impose some other sanctions right now. I know that the Belarusian airline was basically forced to cancel almost all flights to virtually everywhere and in Western Europe until like October at this point that they 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 have no uh no hope of getting any flights there and many airlines are diverting flights so they will not fly right now over Belarus uh the EU actually instructed many airlines to do so US airlines are not doing that and sometimes look you got to overfly that area because it's in the middle of like Eastern Europe but if you're flying back and forth uh from Europe to to uh, the Middle East, to to other places, you you you, you got to fly over there. Um, you know, so it's it's it was space that that lies in a location that that made flying relatively more straight to go to certain places. But many airlines are avoiding it. Most of the cargo airlines are not avoiding it. Um, but I I just think the brazenness of this was just uh, shocking. How far somebody went to to go and uh bring down an airplane that was from a a, a foreign airline an a plane that wasn't even destined to your dest- to to your country to go and like grab this guy right uh i mean i mean it's the most brazen thing i've i've seen any government do like this one of one of the most i would say I mean, I keep forgetting. I say that, and then polonium comes to my mind. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's been, you know, and I can't remember who the heck was it that uh, uh, didn't like uh, the North Korean uh, crazy man? Didn't he kill his brother or something like that by like, you know, yes, like attacking him at an airport? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with some people. Yeah. He, so yeah, they 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 conned some random people from the airport to go up uh, and touch him with poison gloves. Or something like that. Right. Yeah. I forget the details as well. Yeah, I forget it was yeah, but but you're 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 on you're on the spot. It was something like that. And so I mean this is uh I mean yeah, I, I it's one of the craziest things I've seen, I'll tell, I'll say that, that's for sure. And look, the main thing right now that's happened is more polarizing. Uh Putin went and like hugged his friend Lukashenko. Oh yeah, look together over here and the eu uh basically just you know 
imposed a lot of sanctions and said a lot of things, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this guy gives a shit. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, what, one of the things with all of this is that the the West has done a piss poor job at disincentivizing this kind of behavior because time after time after time, there has been no serious consequence. I mean, right. you, me you mentioned this particular scenario, but um, I mean, I mean, all of the, we, we've had a, a string of assassinations of, or attempted assassinations. We've had both uh, successful and unsuccessful attempts at assassinating uh, various uh, dissidents from uh, I almost called it the Soviet bloc. It's not the Soviet bloc, uh, but yeah. uh, Russia and allied countries uh, that are of an authoritarian bent and are cracking down on dissidents and other folks uh, who, uh, you know, and they're going after them uh, basically with no consequence, you know, in in the UK, in Germany, across various other places in Europe. Uh, now they do this. Uh, and, and that's not even bringing up things like actually, you know, invading the Crimea and taking it back, you know? Um, you know, all of these things have had no sign. Yeah. Sure. Sanctions here or there, but they're all things that were probably anticipated and could be lived with and aren't really, hurting that much in the grand scheme of things, you know, because a lot of the things that would really hurt would frankly hurt the Western countries as well. And they're reluctant to do it. Right. You know, there was one of the back and forths that happened uh, just in the last couple of weeks as well um, is uh, I'm going to forget the name of the thing, but uh, Biden uh, dropped objections to uh, some gas pipeline going into Germany from Russia um, that was one of the things that was potentially something to hold over, um, you know, Russia for bad behavior, but, you know, Germany really wants the gas pipeline and, you know, the U S was like, okay, fine, whatever, you know? And, and so you don't, and, and, you know, there've been, uh, all kinds of sanctions and the, the whole Mavinsky, however you say that regime of sanctions where you actually go after individuals has been more painful than some of the other things. But even there, they're reluctant to go after the people at the very top. They sort of go after the middle range people, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's about it. Those are the people that get the sanctions repeatedly. In most of these cases, they go and they hit those people. But, um, but yeah, I mean, but time after time again, I mean, basically, I mean, hell, forget Russia and and those countries. I mean, Saudi Arabia and killing that journalist, you know, have they suffered any real consequences? Not really. No. Certainly not from Trump. And Biden hasn't turned around and said, you know, they're going to do anything now either, you know. Um, so, so, of course, they're going to continue doing it because it's working and they can get away with it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm look the the sanctions right now that the EU took I, I, were more severe than anything I've seen since the Obama administration. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, because the Trump administration definitely had been far more lax about any of this. They basically didn't give a shit. I mean, he loves this kind of guys. I mean, come on, it's like this. This, this is his thing, you know. So, so I, I will say that, like right now, uh. The, the the sanctions that were done right now were far more uh, extensive than anything we've seen in many years. So let's see if uh, 
I don't know. Let's see if we get a different reaction for this. But do you think anything's actually severe enough that like Lukashenko or anybody's going to be like, oh, no, uncle, sorry, you can have him back. Sorry, we're we're going to let him out of jail, send him back to the West. And we're really, really sorry. I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that they'll be able to get him out. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. OK, I, I have nothing else on this topic. Do you have anything else, Yvonne? Uh, nope. OK, then uh, let's let's call it a show. So we'll we'll make up for last week's almost three hour show with actually being under two hours this week. So that's good. Um, so well, that I I I should be careful. That depends how long we take on this closing segment because we've these have been stretching out a little bit too. Uh, but let's just go through the normal stuff. Uh, hey, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, there's the you know you you got all the usual things. You got Facebook, facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. Uh, you've got Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A B U L S M E, or Yvonne is at I M B O I M B O U. If you don't like those, you can email us. It's feedback at curmudgeons hyphen corner.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you really like the show, you can give us a tip. I, I call it a tip, but it's Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. It's set up for monthly donations. Uh, so if you only want to do it once, you can always set one up, let it go a month and then cancel, or you can get in touch with us and we'll take donations in any number of other ways. But Patreon is set up for the monthly donations, and we would love it. If you listen to the show regularly, we'd love the buck or two here or there. It helps us with uh, yeah, things like uh, setting uh, Yvonne up with a new microphone a couple months ago and uh, setting me up with one a couple years ago. And every once in a while, uh, absent a pandemic, we might have an in-person get-together uh, and uh, invite any listeners in the area to come join us. We had one of those in Seattle uh, it was years ago now. I don't know. It's, it feels like forever. Um, but we'll it's eventually been, have another it, one. It's been, it, it, it was two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, you know, time is an illusion. It's all... Well, last year can't can't count. Well, you should see... I mean, you know, you can't count last year. Well, that's why you need to see that movie I told you. Yeah, yeah. Tenet. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, uh, we would love to have you on Patreon. Um, and at various levels on Patreon, we'll, you'll get different things. We'll mention you on the show. We'll send you a postcard. We'll send you a mug. All of this kind of stuff at $2 a month or more. Or if you talk to us regularly in any of those other channels, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which is a chat room where Yvonne and I and several of our listeners are spending the whole week we do nothing else. We don't have real jobs. We don't go out. All we do is spend all of our time on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack talking about current events and exchanging news links. Right, Yvonne? Basically. Yeah, that's our lives. That's our entire lives. Uh, anyway. I mean, we uh, don't Yv do any work. Yeah, never, never. So, Yvonne, what are a few of the things we have talked about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack this week that we did not talk about on the show? I shared that there was a massive Bitcoin mine discovered in the UK after police police raided what they thought was a cannabis uh, grow house. And the, now the reason was like, well, but the Bitcoin mining isn't illegal. But what was happening is that they were stealing the power in order to be able to do, to, to to run the Bitcoin mine. Now I will note you said cannabis instead of cannabis. Cannabis can. It Cannabis, whatever, tomato, tomato, give me a fucking break, okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, let's see, what else we got? Um, we also, 
that had prosecutors investigating whether Ukraine meddled in the 2020 election. Uh, we had an article on schools uh, spending money on purifiers that fucking schools should have known don't work. Yep. Uh, for air, for air circulation because it's been known they don't work forever. Yeah, it, look, the bottom line on that is ventilation is critically important. HEPA filters work yep. and have been proven. So, like, if you're going to spend money to make schools safer, the place to spare, spend money is on increasing ventilation, the number of air changes per day. Go make that as high as you can while, you know, don't make a hurricane or anything, but, you know, m uh, increase that as much as you can. and add That some would be quite difficult to study in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> and add add good HEPA filtration. Um, but this... UV know, light. There are all kinds of people selling bullshit yeah. that has no scientific basis behind it. And lots of schools have been roped into spending lots of money, which, by the way, was uh, a lot of that money was from the COVID relief bills. So they're your tax dollars at work paying for scams. We also talked more about Bitcoin and some other stuff or whatever, what's been going on right now in the marketplaces. Uh, I also shared a picture of the tiny steak that I ate for lunch this week. Yeah, the one you mentioned earlier in the show. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, we also t talk about uh, vaccinations and how, hell, there's even the Ohio is... Uh, the lottery. There's some lawmakers there that... No, that there's some lawmakers there that want to abolish vaccine requirements for everything. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I did I did notice that. And, and also we did speak about the... Uh, there, there are several states now that are doing various forms of lottery for people who get their vaccinations, either money or other benefits. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, also, uh, and the last thing that I will mention is that uh, a, a, a German company introduced a hybrid diesel engine for boats nice. in order to make them more eco-friendly, Which and I shared a link to that, which I thought that was very cool. I've already actually seen already pe people that are doing the whole thing where they are putting solar panels on. Like, I was looking at a boat, like one that I used to own, and they have, like, already fitted a series of so solar panels with a battery system mm. uh, uh, in order to store uh, electric instead of just relying on, on a generator and to combine that with, uh, you know, so so you have, like, so you're, you're harnessing solar power. Uh, but look, this whole thing about diesel electric, Boats, look, submarines have been doing this for like 50 plus years. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, submarines underwater, they, they, they have had the nuclear plant or like, is the, it's, I, I was going to say, you know what else subs have been doing? Nuke power. We should just fully, uh, when are you going to have the nuclear powered Tesla? Uh, I'll, I'll call Elon and check on that. I'm sure he's working on it. And, and you know, yes. of course, the boats as well. And planes. Planes. Got to have the nuclear-powered planes. Well, that was like, uh, well, what, what was in that move, uh, that uh, that series on TV? Uh, Thunderbirds to the rescue. They had that plane called the Fire Flash. Oh. It was nuclear-powered. Okay. I thought you were going to mention trains next. No, they have to, you know, no. And, 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 then you're, and then we will naturally segue into planes, trains, and automobiles, and you will talk about the famous pillow scene. Uh, yes, of course. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> Another movie I've never seen. Um, what? <laughs> oh, God. Okay.
Anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, 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 I will add one thing we have not talked about either on the Slack or on the show so far is the fact that there's apparently going to be a big new report on uh, the U.S. military's I, analysis of UFOs coming out next month. So, oh yes, that's right. I, I figure we'll talk about that once that comes out. Maybe I had shared something about the UFO thing thing before, but we haven't talked about it. So. Yeah, no, we ha- we haven't. So you know, uh, so we'll undoubtedly you know, it, hey, if the U.S. government announces contacts with aliens uh, in the next couple months, we will undoubtedly talk about it. Uh, more more likely, it's uh, you know, uh, yes, secret, you know, Russian drones or something. You know, so something more more expected anyway who who knows who knows or you know whatever we'll we'll find out when we find out and that is our show uh as usual if you know somebody who would like this show please tell them about it um we would love the increased audience and uh if you have anything to say about the show aside from telling us and all the ways we talked about You can also leave reviews on the Apple Podcast Directory or anywhere else that has podcast reviews. Just tell us about it so we can go read and laugh at whatever you say as well. Uh, You know, assuming what you said was funny. If what you said wasn't funny, maybe we won't laugh. Maybe we'll cry. I don't know. Um, But hey, whatever. That's the show. Hey, everybody, stay safe. Have a good week. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later. Good night. Good night.